0: Welcome to the new and improved Configure It Done podcast. The Configure It Done podcast is now a place where we interview senior thought leaders in the SAP space across Australia and New Zealand. And the aim is to tap into their knowledge so we can pass on their insights to the listening SAP community. Please subscribe to the podcast and like, share and comment across Castos, YouTube, Apple Podcasts or Spotify.
1: This podcast
0: is in partnership with the Black Dog Institute, who aim to create a mentally healthier world for everyone. If you wish to donate to the cause, please click the link below. So Andrew, I saw you present a few months ago and I was blown away by um, your passion and knowledge for what you do. And I thought it would be a good idea with Mental Health October upon us to get you on our podcast at Precision Sourcing um, and for you to basically download your knowledge to our community because there was a lot of what i got out of listening to you that i thought would be brilliant for you to pass on but before we do that i know that you are a, a fellow at the black dog institute and a, a post-graduate um post sorry yeah a postdoctoral research fellow is the, That's word. the one yeah <laughs> so as you can see i'll probably mess up um, explaining who you are and what you do. So um, if I could just hand over to you, could you
1: talk a little bit about what you do and kind of what your role is here at the Black Dog Institute? Yeah, so firstly, thank you for having me. It's a, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and yeah, thanks. I'm glad that my talk resonated. You know, that, that means a lot when you hear that. Firstly, I'll talk about you know who the Black Dog Institute um, is. Uh, so basically, we're a global leader in mental health research. And our, our real focus is on translational research. So that means that we focus on turning our science into real-world action and impact. So we're looking at turning that science into things like services, resources, uh, policy advice. I love working here. There's a lot of great minds here, so it's a great place to be, and there's a lot happening. Uh, And it's important to note that everything we produce, uh, all the services, et cetera, they're all evidence-based. So we make sure that they work before we put it out there in the world. So yeah, like I said, my name is Andrew Arena. I'm a a researcher, uh, and I work in the workplace mental health team. So the team that looks at mental health issues in all workplace-related sort of areas. And I focus on particularly vulnerable subgroups of of workers, or I say workplace-related areas or groups because I also work um, or have done a lot of work in unemployment as well. But in terms of the occupational groups I've looked at, it's mainly been um, construction workers and uh, first responders. So emergency service workers, people like police, firefighters, ambulance. Okay. And it's mental health month October. And I thought it would be
0: brilliant for you just to kind of put in a perspective around some stats and data on the challenge that we've
1: got in the world when it comes to mental health. Totally. So uh, in when we're talking about the workplace, uh, the latest ABS stats show that about one in five Australian workers will experience a mental disorder within a 12 month period. One in five is, is very significant. You know, that's that's, you know, a lot of people. Uh, and you know, when we're talking about mental health issues, we're, we're most commonly talking about depression and anxiety issues. These are by far the most common issues we see. Um, and when you think about the experience of depression or anxiety, it makes sense how that can start to affect people at work. You know, if you're, um, you know, really depleted in terms of your energy, your motivation, your self-esteem, that's going to start to come through at work. You know, if you're constantly on edge because you're, you're, you're worrying all the time, You're going to feel like you're at the end of your rope a little bit and so little things can become big issues for instance so we can imagine how it's going to be affecting workers and so it is really important for you know to consider mental health for you know in terms of workers livelihoods but it is also important to to remember that it it also has a big economic impact so uh, mental health issues are estimated to cost australian businesses up to 39 billion dollars a year again these are big statistics that we keep hearing. Uh, and you know, this is in things like, you know, increased need for sick leave or, or decreased productivity, increased turnover, things like that. Yeah. When we think about the, the, how it's affecting workplaces, we think about, for instance, uh, the evidence around compensation claims. So making compensation claims for psychological injuries at work, for instance, we know that these things are becoming more and more complex over time. So they're taking longer and they're becoming more expensive. And they tend to be lengthier and more costly than claims for physical injuries overall, outside of spinal cord injuries, actually. Uh, so, yeah, these things are, are, are you know, becoming a more prominent issue in workplaces and, and something that's increasingly important to be considering. And I think it's important to remember that we should be trying to prevent these issues. And I think that workplaces are a great setting to be implementing prevention programs and initiatives. Yeah,
0: definitely. Especially when you
1: think how much time people spend at work Mm. and in the workplace. Now, we'll
0: have a number of people watching this podcast and a lot of them will be leaders in leadership positions with employees who they're responsible for. Mm -hmm. What is the role of leaders when it comes to their responsibilities
1: with mental health in the workplace? Yeah, I think that leaders at all levels are, are crucial in addressing mental health and making sure that your employees feel supported. Leaders have a capacity to make change. You know, they have that power to make change. That's why they're so important in this, you know, in addressing these problems. And also when we're thinking about managers, for instance, these are the people who have really direct insight into what their workers are experiencing and some power to change uh, things for their workers. So these are, yeah, really important avenues in to making change. Uh, In terms of thinking about what leaders can do, I guess you need to remember that there are two ways that we can start to address uh, mental health issues. So, uh, we can think about the preventative side of things. So, preventing mental health issues before they emerge, uh, and also making sure that you respond to mental health issues when they do emerge. And you can't just take one angle. You know, we really want to be addressing both of these things. um, So, that's important. Now, what can workers, what can managers do? Uh, I guess at that preventative side of things, we want to be addressing risk factors in the workplace, you know, so we need to be considering how do we design work that is mentally healthy? Um, How do we make sure that we're creating work that doesn't increase risk of mental health issues? So, you know, it's not always possible to address everything, all of the risk factors involved at the the workplace, Um, but you can there's always something you can do and if you can't do one thing you can always compensate by um, you know increasing what you do in other areas so for instance we know that um, having flexible working hours uh, is great for mental health and not being able to do that can be detrimental for mental health Uh, but not every workplace is able to do that you know not every workplace is able to offer workers a choice of when they start and end their shift for instance but if you can't do that, maybe you could do something in another area. Maybe at least you could make sure that workers have really solid support from your supervisor, from their supervisor. Maybe you could look at how do I increase job control, which, um, you know, a lack of control over how you do your job is another risk factor for mental health issues. Yeah, maybe you could see how can I give workers a bit of autonomy in, in the decisions they make that affect them directly. Um, maybe you could, you know, give them some choice around uh, the type of program they use, or or what tasks they do at what time at their work, for instance. So there's always something you can do in terms of designing mentally healthy work. Okay. Like I mentioned, there'll be leaders watching this, but there'll also be colleagues
0: who'll have friends who maybe they're in meetings with or they work with 10, 12 hours a day on projects, high pressure. What are some of the things that not just leaders, but
1: colleagues should be looking out for in the workplace? hmm In terms of like risk factors and things that are going to increase, yeah, say burnout, say mental health problems of all kinds. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a lot of things that can come up and, and they happen at, again, different levels. So there are these broad um, organizational type factors and there are factors related to your specific job and factors related to the team you work in. So at that broad level, uh, we're often talking about things like stigma around mental health issues. So having negative attitudes about mental health or needing help for mental health or people who have mental health issues. Um, So that's a really hard thing to address, I guess, uh, because it is such a high level broad sort of thing. Uh, But this is something to watch out for in your workplace. And that's something that everyone can be watching out for because everyone is responsible for improving that, I guess. and this relates a lot to culture. You know, workplace culture is something that gets talked about a lot. And again, it's one of those very broad, uh, can be kind of elusive to try and address. Uh, but these things are important in considering mental health in the, work, in the workplace. So uh, you want to have a culture at work that makes it easy for people to open up about their mental health issues, to seek help when you need it. Um, a detrimental culture is one that makes people feel like they can't seek help or that they shouldn't need help for their mental health. Uh, these attitudes of things like, you know, suck it up, get over it, cheer up. And if you have experienced depression, you know, you would be able to understand just how common those types of comments are and how unhelpful they are. If you have a depression, um, hearing someone say to cheer up is, is a real slap in the face, you know. So shifting a culture around these things is important. And I know that Some industries are more prone to to these types of cultures. You know, male-dominated industries tend to have higher levels of stigma. And so those are things to be watching out for, and everyone can watch out for that. But I do think it's important to have that top-down sort of approach where, like, you know, people at higher levels make some changes that can help improve things. So what you're saying is basically as a leader running a project or a program,
0: it's part of their role to be talking about mental health and making sure it's on the agenda and maybe
1: sharing that vulnerability and... And being open and aware of what's going on with people. Absolutely, I think that's a great way in for leaders. Yeah, is to to start bringing it up, have that conversation. And I guess one thing, if you wanted your your workforce to be more aware of these things, you can also implement, um, you know, mental health training for employees, or just you know having, yeah, like taking part in initiatives, or, or you know, making support options really like well known and available. Okay. All right, and I just wanna take a moment to just reflect
0: on the current situation we're in at the moment. Um, There's obviously been a shift in the market with interest rates, and um, we're seeing certainly in the technology sector that there's a rise in candidates and unemployment, and some people certainly doing it tough within that tech world. How can we, and when I say we, the Black Dog Institute leaders, us as a recruitment business as well, how
1: could we, in your mind, better provide support to people right now who are doing it tough? Yeah. That's a great question. I think that um, unemployment is something that's really important to be thinking about because it has huge mental health implications for people. It greatly increases the risk of mental health issues and suicide as well. People often refer to their experience as kind of traumatic. uh, And that seems like such a strong word to use. But when you think about it, unemployment takes away your financial security, which is essential for your survival, of course. But it also can strip people of their um, a big part of their identity, their purpose, and their sense of accomplishment. So it's no wonder why it's affecting people a lot. Um, but like you mentioned, it's also affecting a lot of people. Even during times when the unemployment rate is relatively low, say 3.7%, which is where it's hovering right now, it still is affecting about half a million people across the country. So it's, it's a massive issue that deserves recognition. So thanks for bringing it up. Now, how can we better support people experiencing unemployment? It's a big area. Um, My own work sort of has informed a few directions for service providers in in different areas. Um, One thing that people tend to bring up in my research was that there's often this focus on the financial aspect um, and often only on the financial aspect that uh, people should be getting any job as quickly as possible so they can get back on their feet financially, which is important, but it can be dehumanizing because it kind of ignores that there's this psychological side of things that people have career goals and it's tied up with their identity and their sense of purpose and things like that. So I think there just needs to be a balance between those things. If we want to be focusing on mental health overall, another thing is to acknowledge that coping during unemployment is complex. People often know, uh, what coping strategies are going to be helpful, but there are all sorts of barriers in place. So you might recommend, oh, make sure you're getting enough social support. And for a person experiencing unemployment, one, they might come across judgment from other people when they try to do that. Two, they might not want to do that out of fear of judgment. And three, they might not have financial resources to do certain social activities. So it's a big complex area. And I think you just kind of need to be connecting with a person on an individual level to know what's going on for them and what's going to work for them. So hopefully that helps a little bit, but other things of course, you know you have your typical um, counseling type supports available. Also, you know like you know getting job seeking support can be helpful to build someone's confidence and things like that. I don't know if you wanted to mention anything about.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think what you or what resonated with myself when you spoke before was you talked about that judgement side of things and how even some people would feel nervous and maybe hesitant to even contact a recruiter about a job because they wouldn't want to be judged about the fact that they've been made unemployed Mm -hmm. so they not only share it they don't want to share it with their family perhaps because of judgment and their friends in their close circle but even a recruiter who's there to help them they may feel that fear of judgment and that was something I took back to the office and and it's something that we've shared and you hear of ghosting a lot from a kind of a recruitment point of view it's very important we have something that we talk about at Precision which is no news is news and by that what we mean is the importance of checking in with your candidates and the people that you're looking for work for on a regular basis and you might not have any good news for them but that no news is news and it means something to that human on the other side and I think that's something um that's really important within our industry anyway um absolutely but Again, I'll, I'm going to talk about something that we've implemented—a precision sourcing. We started it about 12 months ago, and it's called the Job Hunter Toolkit. Because we're aware that in a country like Australia, where people have been employed and we've had a, a bit of a party for a long time, and we're aware that with the market shifting slightly and interest rates and unemployment, and especially in the tech sector, there is some people who are doing it tough. So we've created something called the Job Hunt Toolkit, and what that is is that the, the I think it's the last Wednesday of every month. It's a, um, it's a session we put on where people that could pay $10 towards the, the Black Dog Institute, but basically um, they register and for an hour, they're able to work with some of our recruiters. And what they do is they help them with how to op- optimize their LinkedIn profile. Because people are not aware of the power of a LinkedIn profile and how that can put you out there in the community and make people aware of your skills and your strengths and, and show your experience and background. Um, we also cover off um, how to set your CV up for success and the importance of making sure that you get everything in there and rep- represent yourself in the best way possible and then lastly we do a session on how to actually smash the interview and prepare for the interview because these are the skills that people maybe are a bit rusty with if you imagine there's somebody being with this, the same organization for five ten years so that's a session that we run at precision sourcing But the other thing that we focused on, like I say, is that the importance of non users
1: news. I think that's great that you're sensitive to those things. Um, because yeah, that that was something that we did hear from people a lot. You know, that the silence was really difficult to manage, you know, when you don't hear back from an application and things like that. And so yeah, if you can offer job seeking support that's sensitive like that, I think that's great. If you can couple that with also a bit of mental health support on the side in some way, that's even better. And I think you're setting that person up for a, Uh, you know a much better situation like you said people can be reluctant to get all sorts of help so if someone's not open to seeing someone face-to-face or getting counseling or getting a mental health care plan from their gp or something then you know we're looking at alternatives to make sure that everyone has an option to to get some support and so one thing we're looking at at the black dog institute is uh, uh looking at digital mental health support so i've been involved in a project that's um developing the first mental health app that's specifically tailored to the needs of people during unemployment, and that's heard from these people in, in what they need and want in this app. It's, um, it's called Anchored, and it's built around a 30-day challenge concept where someone jumps in once a day, for 30 days, you do a short activity, 5 to 10 minutes, uh, and there are different resources in there, and it can link you in with different places as well. So yeah, it's just building that, you know, skills to help support yourself. And what's great about this option is that it gets around the issue of stigma, um, you know, that fear of judgment. It's a private way to get some help. You know, it's not, it's not targeting people. It's not intending to treat people with a diagnosed disorder. It's not that level of support, but it's, it's great for someone, say, who's just lost a job and needs some structure around how do I support myself during this time to, you know, stay afloat and keep me in a good spot so that I can look for jobs and do the rest. It also gets around the cost barrier so we want to make this thing free and it's it's easy to access anyone can get it anywhere anytime so it's empowering in that way and so where we're at with this project is that we finished the designs uh, we know what's going to be in it and how it's going to look and we started the early stages of preparing it for the build but building app software is actually really expensive and so yeah we're still seeking the the remaining funding that we need to really get this project off the ground but once we do, I think it's it's such a valuable resource for people to be able to give someone who's job-seeking or something like that. Well, if you need some developers, we could maybe provide them. Yeah, amazing. Great. Let's chat. <laughs> the first time I saw you speak, you spoke about
0: Anchored and it, it blew me away. Is it something that you've got the corporate world interested
1: in this app at all? Is there any interest in it? Are people aware of it? I think people are very interested in it, Um, but there's a a gap between interest and willingness to give some funding because, like I said, it it is costly. Um, So yeah, like I think that we've received really good feedback on in terms of how useful it's going to be, and a lot of people would love to to be recommending it and using it. So we have a lot of avenues for that. I would love to see it, you know, say distributed by workers at Centrelink, for instance, if someone's coming in for job seeking support just giving another option to get some of that mental health support so the future
0: of what i'm seeing is if you're a, a corporate a mining organization whatever it might be or a technology company and, and unfortunately you're in the situation where you let an employee go you could also at that same time say here's a tool that you could download and use in a 30-day j- challenge to support your mental health through the process totally
1: yeah and how that's done would have to be done delicately but totally i think that that's a great place for that um And some people might not be ready to use it straight away. Some people, you know, you need to take a second to process what's happened. Uh, But knowing that it's there for when you want it, when you're ready, I think that would be really powerful. Okay. And what are some of the other resources that are available to support employees with managing their mental health and well-being? Black Dog Institute has a lot of resources available. We have some online programs that you can find, um, like My Compass, You know, if you go to our website, it's um, blackdoginstitute.org.au. Online, we also have this workplace mental health toolkit, uh, which is just an online resource that you can find. And it gives a lot of tips and tricks in terms of um, how to identify if someone is struggling uh, and how to have a conversation about mental health. I think it could be useful for managers to know. I've got got a particular question
0: kind of around that. So if if you're a manager right now or a leader and it's mental health October month, and Jumping on the back of what we talked about is showing that vulnerability and maybe making it a topic or something on the agenda. Is there something that they could go onto the Black Dog Institute website or a tool or something they could use and say, right, okay, for the month of October, for a week or for a month, we're going to do this
1: challenge or is there something that could? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to be able to offer something like Anchored because there is actually a version that we're going to be developing for workers as well. Um, but yeah, like something like my compass is a, is a, an accessible program that you can use online and on your smartphone. Um, we also offer all sorts of like mental health training, which can be a great way to sort of, um, not only increase awareness of mental health issues, but it goes beyond that in terms of helping workers, for instance, develop practical skills around how to, how to practice self-care and how to look after yourself and support yourself. So things like that are great options. We also have, um, uh, of course one foot forward is coming up, right? Um, so that's a, it's a great way to get the workplace involved. Uh, it's a walking or running or rolling challenge. So basically you, you sign up to walk, roll or run, um, uh, you know, however many kilometers over the month of October. Uh, and it's a fundraising campaign, but also it's a practice in awareness generating, you know, not only money, but awareness of mental health issues and acknowledging the struggle that faces, you know, that, is faced by so many Australians every day.
0: Okay, and I'm gonna throw you under the bus a little bit with a question here that I I haven't prepared you for. Um, But if you're a leader watching this right now, and they're maybe on the way to work or they're on the way home after work, what's three simple things they could do the next day at work or today to really hit home the importance of mental health within their workplace? What are the three things, apart from, I'll
1: give you number one, jumping on and donating. To the black dog institute totally yeah we'd love to see that as one of the actions sure um okay a few things that a manager could do like the next day we like three things at precision source okay yeah so i guess one thing is to make sure that supports uh not only available but really well known across your workplace so if you have an employment assistance program for instance um encouraging your workers to use that um and making sure that you know you regularly make it known that it's available to them because that's
0: the type of thing where people get it in their package when they join and then maybe it's forgotten about or it's not mentioned
1: again it's not shown visibly in the office or totally or people are not reminded about it Mm -hmm. yeah another simple thing could be just to to send an email around hey it's mental health month you know um people are used to doing that sort of thing for are you okay day just having that like check in remember to check in you know with your your team, um, how are they going? Make sure you you know you're looking after yourself. Offer them some self care strategies. I guess like a more practical thing that I think is a really good tip um, is when you are having an experience with an employee or a co worker that's that's quite difficult. Maybe they're um, having some mood swings or they're really irritable, something like that. This is something that I've been caught out with myself, and I think is really good practice to try and get in this in the habit of um take a second to to withhold judgment it's really easy to rush to like this person is just difficult this person's a pain this person is whatever um take a second withhold that judgment and think you know could this person be struggling themselves mental health issues manifest in all sorts of ways um and yeah like building that habit of, of thinking like hey like do i need to check in with this person is this person okay I think that is such a valuable thing to start doing and to make that part of a culture at your workplace that you don't rush to judge, that you're always trying to support your employees no matter, you know, if they're having a bad day or a good day. Yeah. There was one thing I was told that's
0: helped a lot for having those conversations with an employee. So the way we sat, it's pretty intimidating if you sat opposite your employee or your, your leader or your boss, whatever you want to call them. I'll let you know I'm not feeling very intimidated No, 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 (laughs) uh, um, by your knowledge it's very impressive um but that's for getting out for a walk and you're both facing the same way and it's a lot easier from what I understand and I've seen it with my colleagues as well people are more likely to talk and share what's going on for them if you're actually facing the same way and you're walking and talking so that's something that we've we've introduced but that's certainly a
1: tip I would like to share with the audience yeah yeah that's a that's a great idea you know there are all sorts of subtle social cues and things that we can do to sort of put someone at ease and yeah and um i'm going to share one other thing not that you've asked me for no let's hear it but um what we're doing at
0: precision sourcing thanks to help from the black dog institute we're doing a mental health bingo for the month of october so i think we've got about 20 25 different things that people can do in the month of october and we made a bit of a competition whereby obviously when people uh, do it first to get a a prize. But we've got all sorts of things on there from breathing, yoga, reading a book, checking in with a friend, um, meditation, all sorts of things just to try and encourage people to try something a little bit different. Do you offer these things at work or is it it more like encouraging people to try it? It's a kind of program we've got for the whole month of October, um, pushing people to do it. And um, again, I'm going to share this at the end of the podcast so people can use the template that we've got because I think it's a great way of putting mental health on the agenda and getting people talking about it and showing that vulnerability as leaders but also doing something that's a little bit fun we've got things like cold showers in there and this type of stuff yeah that's one that I'm not so brave about you know you don't do it no I'm not a fan but I know it's good for you yeah all right so if people are watching this and they'd like to donate to the black dog institute there's a couple of ways you could go about doing it you could go to the black dog um website and make a donation or alternatively if you're on precision sourcing's website he'll see the link to the black dog institute there as well and your donations will be well received absolutely yeah all right well andrew thank you for your time it's been brilliant oh, it's been great thank you yeah i appreciate it